Welcome back to TV Talk with the Sisters. I'm Karen. And I'm Regina. And welcome to our show. Today, we are going to go to two old goodies that we both really love. The yep, first show. Oldies. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Is it oldies but goodies? Are oldies but goodies. The first one we're going to talk about is designing women. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This show started in September of 1986 and went on for seven seasons. And this show was a story about four women, Anglo women, who uh, lived in the South. And I think that was the whole gist of the story is to show Southern women who were actually intelligent and uh, could work could do work and could actually add something to society. I think that was sort of like the premise of this show. Yeah, it was a show about professional Southern women making a go in business and just all the things that they dealt with and not just in business, but I think in, in personal life also because they had episodes about... <laughs> Uh, women and and doctors in marriage and divorce and uh, one of the characters Suzanne Sugarbaker was a beauty queen and how to age gracefully as a beauty queen when maybe you're not as thin and fit as you were maybe during the the competition so they dealt with a lot of issues and they dealt with them in a very uh, hilarious way yeah. So, but the thing is, they would do stuff that was just like fall down funny, but then sometimes they could have you in tears by the end of the episode. And I think that was the goal of the producers. I think they wanted to show you the depth and the breadth and the width of women from the South. Yeah. I just, and I'm thinking back, you say this, this uh, premiered when, when did this show premiere? September, 1986. Okay, and I, I I had to think back, like, how old was I when I was watching this show? So I had to be a teenager watching this show, and it was just hilarious to me. Some of the uh, incidents they would get into, it almost reminded you of some Lucy and Ethel kind of things that they would end up doing and trying to work their sel- themselves out of it. And of course, um, the show, of course, was called Designing Women. They had a interior design business in Atlanta. And the business was pretty much ran by Julia Sugarbaker. And Julia was this epitome of Southern refinement, the classy lady who probably went to etiquette school and the funny thing about Julia, though, is whenever she would get mad, she would just go, like, crazy, like, flame-throwing, telling people off without breaking a sweat, crazy. And to be a young woman, seeing another woman do that, it was empowering sometimes because uh, she never backed down from anybody. And that was what was so funny about her is when you made Julia mad, that was it. It was just, it was over. And, you know, you'd be saying, yeah, yeah, Julia, girl power. Because I think that's one of the things that that show stood for was girl power. 
and Julia was played by Dixie Carter. And Dixie, and it was really funny, one of the stories I read about her is she said, you know, because a lot of the um, very neoliberal things that Julia said, Dixie didn't agree with. And so she made a deal with the producers. Every time she had to do one of those rants that she didn't agree with, she would get to have an episode later where she could sing because she she loved singing. And so she would get to sing a song or something in, during the show. And so it was like, wow, what a way to just kind of balance yourself out to do some of that. Because I mean, some of the stuff she said, she was like, I mean, at the time we thought, wow, that was very forward thinking. <laughs> But as my daughter pointed out to me, sometimes that stuff could be borderline racist or sexist oh, yeah. or just, yeah. I mean, but you know, when you in the boiling water, you don't know it's hot until you step out. And and at that time, we didn't, I'm trying to think back. And of course, my, you know, my memory's fuzzy. I don't recall very many women on TV like Julia Sugarbaker who was just taking on the establishment and men and, you know, all, all sorts of things and just mowing them down. So we were like, yeah, yeah. But I was watching it with your daughter, who's now 22, and her facial expressions was like, what in the world are these people talking about? You know, and I think <laughs> designing women, in addition to the sugar bakers, they had the secretary, Charlene, and then one of the designers, Mary Jo, and they were trying to take on topics such as sexism and racism, but they were kind of showing their um, their prejudices as they approached it. And they had this uh, black man who was the, the the stock delivery person, Anthony. And looking at it now, I realized that a lot of Anthony's job was just schooling these white women on. Uh, inequality in America. Right, right. And, and it's so kind of when you think about it. It is, it is. And I think um, they really played with the humor around it. Like one of the episodes I thought was absolutely hilarious and it's still kind of hilarious. Some people would take it wrong is they were going to participate in this talent show where these four white women would pretend to be the Supremes and they would lip sync to one of the Supreme songs. And they had, you know, the big uh, outfit that looked like the Supremes and they all wore the wigs that looked like the Supremes. And, <laughs> and Suzanne, who was the youngest and probably the, not the one who's the most sensitive to race decided if we're going to be the Supremes, we need to look like the Supremes. And so she wanted to put some brown makeup all over her face so she could look like a Supreme. And they were like, we will not be standing up there in blackface doing this. And Suzanne just thought they were the stupidest people in the whole wide world. So of course, when the time came and the show happens, Suzanne shows up completely covered in brown makeup. <laughs> I personally laughed so hard, I thought I lost my mind. So basically, the white woman showed up in blackface while yes. they're trying to do the Supremes and do the whole thing. They kept trying to distance themselves from her. And she but kept following them. <laughs> yes. And she was smiling just as bright and dancing just as hard. 
And you you look at that now, and I don't think that would have played well in in today's you know environment. I just don't think that would have played well. But I think then they did a really good job of developing the character of Suzanne as someone who was, they were trying to make her kind of harmless, stupid, but harmless. If yeah. if you could ever, you know, put those two together, I think that's part of what they wanted to portray her as. So her showing up in blackface um, wouldn't immediately evoke this, uh, just outrage. Right. Because most people thought that's just Suzanne being stupid. Right, right. But when I look at it now, I'm thinking, okay, she should have known better. She was a grown woman. Why didn't she think that a black face is just not appropriate? But back then, you know, teenagers coming out of high school watching it, just thinking, this is just, this is hilarious that, you know, dumb Suzanne did that. So you can look back and think, wow, okay. Hmm, interesting. It was. We thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, and I did too. I can even still watch it today and just go, this right. is up. But of course, the 22-year-old was like, this is offensive. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe y'all are watching this. Yeah, she just could not get over any of the stuff. She thought, this is really, really, yeah, this isn't good. But, you know, I liked Designing Women. As the show went on, uh, Anthony had played a bigger role in the show. I think all the characters eventually evolved, and issues weren't really just about race or sexism after a while. It was just everyday life. Oh, it was my favorite episode. And the other thing I liked about this show was the way they wrote it. They wrote it very poetically. Like this episode that I love is titled The First Day of the Last Decade of the Entire 20th Century. Mm. And it was a New Year's Eve thing. And it was the day Charlene had her baby. Mm -hmm. And of course, it is absolutely, they have, you know, funny stuff going on with serious stuff. And that's what I love about this show is they could take mm-hmm. something like you, you have this moment where Charlene is getting ready to have her baby. And, and Charlene is probably the most Southern of them. And she kind of refers to herself as a hick. Yeah. And she she loves things that are hickish. Yeah. And she is just totally into this. And one of the things that happens is that Dolly Parton comes. Yeah, the other singer, Dolly Parton, comes on because she is her guardian movie star. (laughs) I mean, if you could have a guardian movie star, who would you pick? Charlene picked Dolly Parton. And of of course, Dolly Parton guest starred on this particular episode where she would chat with Charlene about, you know, just life, about having a new baby and about all the people who had passed on before. But the other thing that this show did is as they rush, you know, Charlene to the hospital and she's getting going in to have the baby, Julia bumps in to an older African-American woman who is you know, laying in the bed. She wanted to, uh, she was sick and she was dying, but she wanted to be up in the uh, maternity ward because she liked the new babies. She liked to be in around life. 
She was 102 years old and she just told her story. And you watched all of these people sit and listen to this lady talk about all the things that she had been through. And then Anthony goes, you are, you are a quilt of all of the things of, that has happened in the 20th century. Because this woman had met uh, Booker T. Washington. She had seen Theodore Roosevelt speak. She had uh, had folks march with Martin Luther King. She just had all of these things happen. And they said, oh, you're a quilt. She goes, no, 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 I'm just a thread. I'm just a thread of what's happened in this century. And I love how they brought all of this together under one show. Yeah, there was some ridiculousness going on because, of course, my most favorite scene in this entire show is when the old lady who hangs out with them, her name is Bernice, she shows up on New Year's Eve with a Christmas tree skirt on. (laughs) Baby, they say, uh, why you got that skirt on? She say, it's a it's a skirt. You get they say no, it's a Christmas tree skirt. It's for your Christmas tree. She said, Oh, I guess that's why I had a tough time getting that around my hips, huh? <laughs> but she spent the rest of the episode in that Christmas tree skirt. <laughs> And so you have this kind of balance. You have this older white woman walking around in a Christmas tree skirt. But then you have this older African-American woman talking about the history that she's experienced in the 20th century. And so you have this balance that this show continually does throughout the time that it's on. And I think that's one of the things that attracts me to it. Yeah, I think they tried to display all the characters of the South, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to celebrate it with all its warts. You know, beauty queen, the kooky relative, the, you know, Southern girls, not so smart, uh, you know, the highfalutin Southern classy lady. I mean, they just put them all in this soup together. Yes. what you end up with is designing women. Yes. I said, I still like the show. Uh, I can see how people could watch it today through a different lens, but I think for the period that it was, uh, that it was in the time, I think it just worked. And I, I, you know, I give it a, a thumbs up. I loved it. Cool. Now we're going to talk about our next show which is um, living single in a nineties kind of world. I'm glad I got my girls. <laughs> okay, that was a little flat, y'all, sorry. <laughs> but that's the second show. And one of the things that I, I think the, the cool thing about both of these shows is that they were about women and they were creating moments that people could remember. Because, I mean, think about it. There were moments from Designing Women I remember. i just be like, wow. Remember when such and such happened? Remember the same thing about Living Single. There are moments that I remember, and it's just awesome. Now, Living Single, do you want to tell me about Living Single and what that was? Living Single was a show that premiered, I believe, in the 90s? Yes, 1993. Okay. In August this was of 93. So this was a show that was in the 90s. And so, you know, we're coming out of college at this time. 
And they give us this show that just reinforces like who you are. That's what I loved about living single because all through college we were, you know, fighting apartheid and coming in, in, into a realization of our connection to Africa and our black pride. So we would have our African medallions and our Kenty cloth and just all these different things that made you feel black and proud. Right. And so then they give you this show living single and it was so different from like Cosby or whatever. Cosby was the show where there's this black upper middle class family that's doing well. Whereas living single were these uh, young single people in the New York area who were proud of being black, proud of being single. There were professionals and they were just trying to make it in this world. And I mean, just the, the best part of the whole thing was like the main character's name was Khadija. Like As a person growing up. And I mean, we have these names in our community, you know, but to look on TV and to see somebody who looks like you with names you're somewhat familiar with, that is so much pride. Like, yes. She's a black girl and her name is Khadija. You know, like Mary, not Susie, not Laura. She's Khadija. It wasn't anglicized. (laughs) Yes, it just gave you so much pride and so much joy. And she was a, a black woman who was trying to operate a business and just do good things in life. And it just as a as a young person just starting out, that was just great to see, you know, Khadija, who's played by Queen Latifah, who, you know, most of us knew at that time as a rapper. I mean, Queen Latifah was like, yeah, that girl rapping strong, you know, <laughs> serious lyrics. We're like, yeah. And um, she had uh, Max, who was played by Erica Alexander. Had, like, the boss haircut because she had some kind of I don't know, red sister locks kind of thing and with the back of her head shaved. I mean, it was just so cultural for us to see this on TV. A sister who's a lawyer with these little dreads. Yeah, they were professional and they were giving life to a marginalized community. Stuff we did not see often. Yeah, we saw in our community, but we didn't see it on TV. So for Living Single to come out with it, and it was just like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. There was no image of Black women or men being oversexed or criminals or, you know, stupid. Or it was just a, a lot of pride in watching them, you know? And fun. They were funny. They oh, took funny wow. to a whole new level. I love the show because they gave each person an opportunity to be like the comedian or whatever, you know, it wasn't always on one person. Yes. It wasn't just one person. And of course, uh, another one of the main characters was Kim Fields, who we all know, you know, she was Tootie on Tootie. That was Tootie. And then to see her on Living Singles all grown up as Regine. Selling all them wigs. Oh, my God. Regine was 
was in wigs before wigs was popular. Yes. And they were like big exaggerated wigs, which made it even funnier. You know, and who didn't have a friend like Regine who always wanted more, you know, always sought the good things in life, even if they didn't come from that. So I just, I love the show. I love the dynamics. I love how they all evolved. And to have, you know, um, uh, the two guys that lived upstairs. Yes. It was Overton and uh, Kyle. Yes. Strong brothers working, being good neighbors and good friends. Hilarious. Just it hilarious. was. And of course, so, my my favorite episode was the night that Kyle sang. Kyle broke out. That brother could sing. He broke out on stage doing his little algebra thing. Oh, it was good. And then he started was, I mean, singing. He started singing to Max. And Max was just like, Oh, oh, oh. You're like, oh, Max, you like Kyle, don't you? That's all right, because we do, too. <laughs> and, you know, that was that was a good storyline, too, that Max and Kyle had fought each other almost the whole series, and then they end up, you know, yes, whatever. And so that was just, I mean, the whole thing was really, it, I just loved living single because you're seeing pride i thought on on your 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 african black homegirl hood pride being displayed in such a positive way on tv this is true this is so true and you know one of the things that both of these shows encountered even though they were like years apart is they had a really tight ensemble in that first cast that they put together And when that thing started to splinter, it messed with the show. It happened with Designing Women when Delta Burke left and Gene Smart, and they had to bring in other people to just try to fix it. And it was like trying to put a Band-Aid on something. It was like a gunshot wound. And it's like, you know what? You ain't going to fix this. And I think the same thing happened with uh, Living Single when uh, TC was gone. And they kept trying to put a Band-Aid on it, and it just wasn't fixing it. Yeah, I think they had a really tight ensemble in the beginning. And like when you build that thing and you make that thing work as well as it worked, you can't just take a clog out and hope that the thing is still going to keep ticking the way it ticks. Yeah, because all the actors on both of those shows, I think, were, you know, somewhat accomplished, I believe, before they came together because all could kind of hold their own. And that was the best part of it. They could do different stories on each of the actors. Like they didn't need uh, Regine and, uh, or Kim Fields and Latifah in every scene to make it work. They didn't need Delta Burke in every scene to make it work. You know, their other storylines did really well because they brought really good people together to tell the stories. And I think that's something that, I don't know. I don't see a lot of strong. Everybody's strong. You know, it's kind of like a choir. They tell you in a group, everybody should be able to sing the lead at some point. And I think in both these uh, TV series, those actors could carry it if they needed to. But the thing is, when they were all together, they made something magic, though. And that's the thing. When you brought somebody new in, that magic was gone. And that was a struggle. And so the beginning seasons are really, really good. So if you check 
you know, these out. You can probably find them on Prime or something like that. The beginning seasons are really good. They are funny. They are true. The stories are good. But as they move on and actors come and go, you'll see that it lacks something there. And I think that's something that, you know, people who put shows together need to think about. You know, when you start putting stuff together, think about the dynamic you're trying to create and know that when you change out or you move actors in and out, it's going to change the dynamic of the show. You got to try and capture that again. Yeah, the chemistry is is kind of is kind of messed up, you know. It, and let me just say this. I don't see that working a lot in American shows, but in British shows, when they move people in and out, I guess because the writing is so strong and the characters that they bring in are so strong, it kind of flows. Yeah. You know, I've seen that in British shows. I've seen that in The Wire in America. <laughs> That's coming yeah. up. That's coming up, y'all. We're going to do a whole show on The Wire. Yes, I mean, when you, the way they move characters around that worked, but I think a lot of those comedies, when they were bringing people in and out, some of the things kind of fell flat when they yeah. when they kind of left. It's kind of like, well, no, you're not funny anymore, or I don't know, it just didn't work for, for me. So the earlier seasons on both were, were great, and you can find them on Hulu also. They they really are great. And judge for yourself if the the, later seasons with the new cast members are okay, but I just think the ensembles at the beginning were just hilarious. And so on uh, rating on uh, Designing Women, I'm gonna love it. Love it all the way. Yep, I love it. I love it. And on Living Single, those early seasons, I'm gonna love it. Love it all the way. Yeah, the early seasons, I'm gonna love it. And, and, and even with Designing Women, I'm gonna love it, but those later seasons when Charlene left and Delta Burke left. Eh. Yeah. Well, yeah. if I could grow to love that. Wow. <laughs> I can grow to love that. Yeah. That was, that was, that was hard. Yeah. 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 But uh, in our upcoming episodes, we are going to talk about The Wire. We're going to spend a whole episode on The Wire. Because y'all, I have spent years trying to get this girl to watch The Wire. Now I got her I am very much hooked on the wire now, and I have so many questions. It's like every season I have a stack of questions. I have some things that they need to answer. David Simon, you need to call me because we need to talk about some of these storylines. I'm still having trauma. I'm going through the seven stages of grief, all that stuff. So we, we need to talk about the wire, but that's going to be its own episode. Y'all can tune in. But yeah, we're, we're going to do The Wire. But that's not our next episode. Our next episode is going to be Queen Sono. Maybe we got us a black superhero. James Bond, watch out. Yes, we are going to pay tribute to the motherland. We're going to talk about two shows that highlight women in Africa and how beautiful they are and strong and, and funny. So next episode, it will be the, the ladies' number one detective agency and Queen Solo. Both could be found online on HBO or Netflix. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in, and we appreciate it. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at TV Sisters if you want to ask us some questions or make some comments. We appreciate anything you got to say. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Bye! Peace out, everybody.
for joining us for this monthly podcast of TV Talk with the Sisters. The music for this podcast was created by Dave DeBerry.